but but there was there was a real disintegration with mind body spirit i had mind and spirit but i never had the body and it didn't have it doesn't i still doesn't have to have a specific look you know obviously i have larger guns now and but i still got a little belly with lots of stretch marks on it and for me i think every single stretch mark is a rung on the ladder to my own self-love Hello and welcome to the Mind Detox Podcast. Here, we're going to discover a new way to think, feel and heal while exploring our spiritual side. I'm your host, Sandy Newbigging, also known as the Mind Detox Monk, because, well, I'm a monk and a meditation teacher, and for the past 15 years or so, I've been working with people from around the world using a method that I accidentally created called Mind Detox. Mind Detox is all about curing the unconscious causes of physical, emotional or life issues. So stick around if something is going on in your body, emotions or life, and you don't know why. Because we'll be exploring the possible mind-based causes during this or an upcoming episode. As a monk who's written 12 books and meditated for thousands of hours, the topics of inner peace and living in the present moment will most likely be a thread that runs through many of our episodes. So stick around again if you want to stress less and be still more. This podcast includes highlights from my online club and academy meetings, expert interviews, guided meditations and more. All so that you can cure the cause and master peace. For today's episode, I share a chit-chat with Cal Gray, world-renowned angel expert and international best-selling author. We talk about why you probably already love yourself way more than you may think and have been giving yourself credit for. Stay tuned for his inspiring story about facing his fears to find more love and why love isn't always fluffy, but instead fierce. Hello, Kyle. <laughs> this is so funny. <laughs> it's so funny every, every time someone says hit record inside my head, I actually go, do not swear. <laughs> exactly. Live on channel four, do not swear. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, that's um, what that's, uh, that People from the UK will recognize that. Um, so, uh, Kyle, you are an angel expert. You are a light warrior. You're a medit- uh, yoga teacher. Um, and many, many other things. You've written a number of best international best-selling books. You tour the world. You speak to hundreds every time you show up. <laughs> and uh, and I find you a really inspiring guy. And in your recent book, uh, Light Warrior, mm-hmm. uh, the subtitle of that was all about fierce love. Yeah. And so I really wanted to talk to you in this Love Life Summit about um, what is uh, fierce love. So can we just start there? Yeah. I think fierce love for me, by the way, hi everyone. Um, fierce love for me is, is that kind of primal protective energy that we all have inside of us. It's like that, that love where, for example, your mum can give you into trouble, but if someone else was to give you into trouble, she'll like come all guns a-blazing and protect you. And on a spiritual sense, fierce love is that, that love that we actually do have for ourselves, but yet don't always recognize it's there. 
that we don't realize we really do love ourselves on some level. And when we are put in a situation where it could be challenging or um, someone's being really mean to us or someone's being really nasty towards us, there's this kind of fierceness that can rise up inside that can make us really fight for what we believe in or um, stand up against someone when they're being, um, you know, challenging or detrimental to our well-being. That's fierce love. And I think on a spiritual sense, we all have this fierceness inside of us um, that either wants to protect others or wants to help others or wants to help the earth. Um, so that's what fierce love is. It's that, that primal um, fierce energy inside of us that wants everything to remain good uh, but sometimes has to, to be um, somewhat wrathful in order for that to happen. I love that. I love that, especially because what you're saying is quite contradictory to what many others say, which is, you know, you've got a, love, a self-love problem, you don't love yourself. But what you're saying is actually at the base rate, at the base level, everybody does. I think we, I don't think, I know that we've all came from love and I know that's the, that is our existence. But love doesn't have to express itself as all pink hair, unicorns, you know, flowing scarves and dresses, it, it's, it, can be, it can be robust, it can be a little bit more industrious, it can be fiery. Um, and so I think we all do have a part of it ourselves that wants to protect ourselves and wants to keep ourselves well. And so therefore, I think that if we are put into a space where we are facing danger there's a part of us that's scared to be hurt and i think that fear of being hurt is actually a part of us actually loving ourselves um wanting to love ourselves enough not to experience that pain or fear i think that's amazing i think it's something that we can all relate to and i think that you know if you've been watching this thinking that you don't love yourself you've suddenly got evidence that actually maybe you love yourself more than you think you do mm -hmm. and i think that's really important you know to recognize that Prime, primal energy inside of us that runs through us all the time and you know it, it, it's we've all got a wee kind of hunter-gatherer inside of us that wants to eat enough food get enough sleep do you know what i mean protect ourselves create shelter these are all steps towards self-respect self-love self-care whatever you want to call it um and i think that fierce love is that itself you know that's the fierceness of us we just do it, it, it you know what happens Hitting my tassel. <laughs> so in, in a way, what you're saying to people in, in, is, is really exciting because, in essence, it's not about them uh, trying to force themselves to love themselves more or do a million and one affirmations, or that might be useful in some circumstances. But it's actually about start with recognizing what you do already that is actually evidence of this innate level of self love within you. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. It's really cool. It's a great reframe because it basically puts us, millions of us on a level uh, field in a way of, of, of actually, no, actually, I, I, I do love myself because I do clean myself every day and I do feed myself every day and I do give myself some sleep and I do want to have a good life. And, and that part of me that wants all of that is the part that's trying to love me from the inside out. Mm -hmm. I and I think that's, that's it. We, we already are love. We are love expressing itself, and so sometimes it can be a little bit more fiercer than fluffy. Absolutely.
And I'm not going to lie, I'll be really honest, like, I reached a point in my own spiritual journey where I was starting to get really pissed off with how much fluff um, was surrounding spirituality and the, the needing to be zen and the needing to be like, you know, excuse this word, cool, calm and collected, you know, like yeah. that, that, feel, and you know me, you know, very well. And I'm not, I'm not a calm person. I've always been fiercer, more fiery, more outspoken. And, you know, there was a part of me for a long time that was trying to spiritual that away. You know, how can I be more calm? How can I, you know, be more together, more held? And I recognized that my nature is quite fierce. And so why not love then fiercely? And, and, and I think that's, that's what, it, what it was. Exactly. And I've also been on a similar journey, like not liking being pigeonholed as the calm guy. Um, because ultimately I'm actually much more of joy guy. Um, right. but, but calm, uh, if anyone actually gets into it, they discover that calm is not just about, you know, being like beige. It's actually about, <laughs> it, you know, it's actually about living fully. It's actually about living consciously. It's about being fully alive, fully engaging the moment, but from conscious awareness. Mm. And, um, and so, yeah, I completely get that kind of frustration of, People having an idea of what calm looks like. People having an idea of what love looks like. People having an idea of what enlightenment looks like. Discuss. I think that it's, there's a part of us that, I think it's so easy to, to make a judgment, right? From the outside in, like, for example, you know, I owned a yoga studio called The Zen then, and then when people met me in the pub, they're like, I have never expected to meet you in here. I'm like, well, I am a human being, you know, like I am just living like everyone else. And I think as spiritual teachers, we owe it to our followers, to the people that we are sharing our message with, to, to really give them an honest, authentic message of, yes, I still drink beers on the weekend and you might be surprised, but now and then I actually have a full fillet steak or three. You know, like there's, there's parts of us that we try to, um, people pigeonhole us and then we try to, to kind of um, meet that. And I knew that that could never be my life. That could never be, you know, what I wanted. And even though I was vegan for nearly 16 years, I craved a steak for seven. And when I started writing Light Warrior, I was like, okay, Maybe I could consciously have a steak. Maybe I could like get like the best grass-fed organic steak ever from a farmer. I know exactly where it came from because I need this just like my uh, body craves love. You know, like there's a there's a craving inside of us all for for different things. Um, but I I think often when we have a craving, we also have to let something else move through us. And so, for someone who wants to experience um, love, but yet they have so much furious energy inside of them. I think the furiousness needs to move through them in order for the love to come back in, you know, and that's really the message of my teaching now is that if you're feeling something, there's an authentic reason why it's there. Don't try and outspit it, you know, let it be. <laughs> and, um, and so I was really excited about writing a book about 
being a warrior because I really wanted to embody the whole journey of being a warrior. So I done the whole hunter gatherer thing. I had the like arrows held against my neck and rushed into the into them. You know, I did all the whole embrace it fully, learned how to do CrossFit, mixed martial arts, all different things. I wanted to really feel the energy of warrior and the fierceness of love. It's, it's a really, really cool that you've taken this journey. And what I love about you is that you're, you know, I can see that you're applying everything that you're sharing, you know, day by day, moment by moment. And, you know, I was saying before we came on this call today, like it's, um, this is our life. This is, you know, it's not just uh, for a workshop or for while you're reading a book or while you're writing a book. It's this, this, you know, fierce love, loving yourself and living a life that you love is a 24 seven uh, adventure definitely and um i just want to go back briefly to this whole idea of people having to try and live up to an idea of their best version of themselves or you know what what is spiritual what is lovable what is sexy what mm-hmm. is whatever you know what i mean i think there's, there's something in there in the context of love that i think it deserves some light of light of day and some air time um it's learning to love yourself warts and all, but how would someone go by that if, if, if they are you know, wanting to apply this fierce love and they do hate their weight or their cellulite or something in their life, you know, like what would, what would you say to them if you're inviting them to actually embody and access more of a fierce love? <sighs> I always say that there's a part of us that doesn't want to feel the bad way, but for some reason we feel the bad way anyway. So like, for example, as you know, one of my biggest, greatest journeys in my life has been with the body, you know, um, changing shape, overcoming the fact that I was at one point morbidly obese, you know, on a piece of paper. Um, I think that in order to um, overcome that, you have to face it but yet so many of us actually run away from it. So my biggest challenge was actually looking at my body in the mirror and, and not really being able to look at it. And so what I done was I decided at that time to take up hot yoga because you can't wear anything other than the smallest pair of shorts you own. And the whole class is done looking in the mirror, you know, the whole 90 minutes. And you see your body change shape because there's moments where you look so ungraceful <laughs> and you fall all, all over the place. There's sweat dripping off your body. But for, for some reason, at first, even though I felt so vulnerable and exposed, there was still a part of me that, was, was, that knew I needed to do this because I knew it was going to lead me back to, to where I needed to be. And so when people are in a state where they don't like something about themselves, I actually tell them to find it and like look it directly in the eye and like let it become one with them again because as long as it's you and the problem, it's always going to be a problem. But if you realize you and your problem are actually one, then it can change, you know? And so it kind of reminds me of that story about the Buddha I always talk about where um, he is in his cave meditating that one day and his guard is out front and coming up the hill is this big demon called Mara. And Mara's coming towards the, 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 you know, the mouth of the cave where the Buddha's meditating. And the guard goes, 
oh no, what am I going to do? I need to make an excuse to say the Buddha's not here. And as soon as Mara gets in front of the guard, the guard goes, uh, you know, and he gets this, this fear. And um, then Mara says, I want to see the Buddha. And Buddha says, let him in. And then Mara comes in and he looks at Buddha in the eye and Buddha says, I see you. And then Mara disappears. And the whole reason of this story is the cave is us. The Buddha inside is our inner teacher. The guard out front is our ego and Mara is our fear. And the whole idea is our ego wants us to be scared of the prospect of fear, but it never wants us to look at fear in the eye. But if we actually look at our fears and any of the stuff that's coming up inside of us, we're just more ashamed or scared of the prospect of that being our truth and our reality. But when we actually look at it for what it is, it's generally not as big as we've allowed it to be. So whenever um, people have a really loud voice inside of them that's fear-based, that's egotistical, it wants them to, to be scared of the idea of experiencing fear, I tell them to stop making it a third party and make it a one party. You know, just go, okay, voice, I can hear you loud and clear, but this is not my truth today. You know, just taking a moment to acknowledge it as it comes up, kind of like, you know, meditation, you know, you're the, the person that always talks about just taking a moment to acknowledge what's coming up, you know, what's, what's rising up inside of you. That's our teacher. It, exactly. I mean, I talk about um, in-cam cure, which is one of the reasons why we're having this uh, little chat. Woo! I talk about in-cam cure, how freedom, which is what we're kind of talking about right now, is the willingness to experience anything and the ability to do so without suffering, right? And so this, that's what, what you're saying is like, you know, anything that you're unwilling to experience, that, that's, that's, the, that's like the, the ego, that's the, and that's the fear, you know, like in, the, in that story. And the minute you just turn to it and you're willing to experience it, it just evaporates. Like it, it's not a problem anymore. Like what was causing the suffering, the stress, the, une the, the, the turmoil, was our unwillingness to fully experience. And I think what you're doing so beautifully today is I, I can feel, I can almost feel people watching this later now and, and being relieved by the words that you're sharing today um, from the fact that we already are, we already are loving ourselves more than we think we, think we are. Um, we have this fierce love within us. Also moving over to this whole um, facing whatever it is and embracing it and in doing so we're learning how to love unconditionally which is which is amazing um dude i i, I want to I admit mean, this might just be a personal uh, question and i know you probably touched upon it but i just want to see if there's any more i could squeeze out of you in this one and um, that moment when you are on paper morbidly obese mm -hmm. and you can't look at yourself in the mirror and you and and now you've got these huge guns this fit physique this you know this warrior physique um, and you've done a, the transformation I've, in the time I've known you. So, you know, two, three years, maybe, um, you've four. transformed your body, maybe four years. Well, I think you're, how many books you wrote? In the time I've known you, three. Okay, so that's four years, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's one way of looking at it. Um, <laughs> so, but I, I want to talk about that moment. Maybe it was, was there a moment? Was there a moment when you were, like, morbidly obese, um, feeling crap about yourself, looking yourself in the mirror, can't look at yourself. And what did you, how did you make that move to actually get to hot yoga? Because so many people wouldn't be able to I get mean, in that room. I already 
I already, my internal guidance system had been telling me to go to yoga for a while. So I'd already been doing yoga for, I'd already completed yoga teacher training, but yet was still on paper, you know, morbidly obese. And so I was already like in the practice of yoga, but it was like, that is what transformed my practice, you know, running, you know, doing five hot yoga classes a week. Um, I would never do that now. But um because I don't have the time and I like the gym even more. But it was just the, one of the, the things. Do you remember I, the I, moment though? Was there a moment maybe before then, like when you were overweight and you hadn't started yoga? Like, how did you make that first step? Can I tell you, I, I actually had already went there. I went went to hot yoga, but the first time I went, I wore like leggings, a pair of shorts, a vest, and a t-shirt because I didn't want anyone to see my thing and um and the woman said to me gosh you wore an awful lot of clothes you know she's one of my friends now collect word and and i was like yeah I'm, i feel a bit embarrassed getting my body and she went everyone in this room is not here for you they are here for themselves and i was just like whoa you know because i'm too busy worrying about my story but there's another 40 other people in that class that are too busy worrying about how ungraceful they look how sweaty they are how can they stand on one leg you know and that's the truth. Like we think everybody wants to know our story, but they've actually already got their own shit to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I think that the truth is we just need to stop being so egotistical and egomaniacs, it's, you know, about ourselves and realize that everyone else is working on their stuff and we need to start working on theirs. You know, yeah. that's the truth. But here's the whole message of Light Warrior. What you do for yourself is what you do for the world. And so therefore I always ask people, do you want this story that you've got going on in your head to be the story of your children or your children's children or your children's children's children? Do you mm. want this story to be the future generation's story? And, and that's the biggest question because that's what I've realized that we are essentially, as science and spirituality will agree, one. And what you are doing to yourself is what you are doing to the whole. So if you are not fiercely loving you and meeting yourself with what you need, you are also contributing to the suffering of the world. And that is not what you were born for. You know, we were born to create harmony. Like we know it. Like we all want peace. Like we all want to experience goodness in the world. And the more we avoid ourselves, the more we contribute to that suffering. And so... It is a great call to action, and it's, it's also one that can make us feel a little bit guilty. But that's not the purpose of me sharing that. It's not about feeling guilty. It's about recognizing, oh, shoot, I've got a starting ground now. I've got something to work with. So that's really what I think, you know. And so in order to teach, you have to learn. And uh, I think that we all have our own journey to do. And uh, one of the things I'll say is, just because um, we all have our own problems doesn't mean we can't make a difference in the world. Like, as you work through your stuff, you will be demonstrating to others what they are also possible of doing. Mm. You know? Beautiful. And I had already written two books at this point, you know, so I was already a published author, you know, do, doing the thing. But, but there, was, there was a real disintegration with mind body spirit i had mind and spirit but i never had the body and it didn't have it doesn't i still 
doesn't have to have a specific look. You know, obviously I have larger guns now, and but I still got a little belly with lots of stretch marks on it. And for me, I think every single stretch mark is a rung on the ladder to my own self-love. I think that's a beautiful way to end this interview, actually. I was gonna, <laughs> every stretch mark is a rung on the ladder to self-love. I think that um, that's, uh, you, can't, you can't beat that, Kyle. I think you just tops out on, when it comes to this. Uh, we could talk forever. Um, I think the viewers would love you to be talking forever as well. It's, it's uh, beautiful when you, to hear you get into flow and talk about what you're passionate about. And, um, and uh, thank you so much for being willing uh, to chat to me about uh, loving life and fierce love and uh, help me get the uh, message of my new book out as well and things like that. No worries. Thank you so much. So until we next speak, I wish you infinite peace and limitless love. <laughs> Bye for now. <laughs> <laughs>